0: Yo, it's the South Side's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and
1: the ESPN app.
2: Jake, then he chased and dropped the number 15-yard line, Roquan, the chef,
3: Smith. <laughs> Roquan Smith, he's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring, Steve has got him up, a slam, but Clare hits our 20 one he did it, he did it! He's the has done it, Clare has done it! And there it goes, Abreu massacres this ball to left center field.
1: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad that you're with me with open phone lines, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Follow me on Instagram, IGJHood, or on Snapchat, Hood. You follow me on Snapchat, I will follow you back, guaranteed. Try me, Hood, Snapchat. If you don't see a follow from me in the next 24 hours, there's something wrong as we broadcast live. From our first Midwest Bank Studios. Yeah, yeah. But I my money. Me well have my money. Down, call me all my blood. Pay me what you
0: me. Give me your money.
1: Coming up, we will hear from Adam Rittenberg, who covers. The college football landscape for ESPN.com. We'll talk to Adam about his thoughts about some of the storylines, like what's happening with Notre Dame this upcoming season. His thoughts on the Brian Kelly administration right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. Also intrigues him most about the college football season. Some other things about the Big Ten and others. um, Things that we'll get into with Adam Rittenberg coming up. At 810 right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Also, Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. And in 90 minutes from now, 90 minutes from now, we will do Tuesday Wrestling. Tuesday it's pretty simple. If you're a wrestling fan, nor one, uh, wrestling is hot again. My God, it's hot! So we will talk to Casey Joiner from ESPN.com, a friend of the program. We'll get his thoughts ninety about thirty minutes after SmackDown Live is over on the USA Network. We always give you some wrestling slash sports entertainment conversation right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Okay, so you know it's it's time for right? I mean, when we do this every single night at eight o'clock. You know what it is, right? College. It could be pro, it could be fantasy. My friends, this is a summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Having fun and we working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside.
3: Saquon Barkley across midfield. Stayed in bounds and Barkley takes
0: it all away Summer of football. Lawrence
3: oh, flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame.
1: Takes the handoff and takes off. And- be great baby
0: let's go the summer of
1: football you got it working right here on espn 1000 I think
3: we ain't it.
1: and the espn app every summer on under the hood we give you something football we're here right now football season we started this in june but it is a summer of football we meet jonathan hood here on espn 1000 and espn app i cannot wait for the first game of the regular season with the Bears and the Packers. I can't wait for the season to start because this season will tell you all you need to know about where the Bears are from last year and what we can expect for this upcoming season. Defensively, not concerned. Offense, everyone's concerned about the offense. Everyone's wondering about the production of the offense and whether or not the offense will take another step from they were last year. You don't go anywhere by standing still. But if you're making movement and making progress, that's a step in the right direction for uh, the Chicago Bears or any team. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to get here from the Bears uh, for this upcoming season. So as we take a look at this offensively, one of the things I look at is the running back spot. Last night we talked about David Montgomery because we're coming off of the first preseason game of the year as the Bears were able to take on the uh, Carolina Panthers on the lakefront. And I thought, just from a preseason game, that David Montgomery showed some good signs against the Panthers. Uh, We look at the running game with Mike Davis also getting a chance to run a little bit. But the focus of the running game is Tariq Cohen. And we know that he can do a lot of amazing things on the field, just from watching him last year. We know that Tariq Cohen can do some things on the field as far as being able to just move his body in a certain way, contort his body a certain way to avoid tacklers. You know, he's got dynamite speed, and he is really a spark plug once he gets into the open field. He's fun to watch. So Tariq Cohen... Who also is a great personality as well, was on Golik and Wingo this morning here on ESPN One Thousand, and was talking about a number of things. Number one, he talked about the urgency to produce offensively.
3: Uh, I said we expect even more takeaways from our defense, but we know we have to uh, on the offense side. We know we have to match them. Uh, we felt like that was our downside last year. Uh, defense, we kind of rolled the defense back a little bit. Some games, we felt like we would have played better. You know, it would have been. More even team wise, more balanced. So we feel like our defense is still going to be the same. You know, they're still uh, great. Uh, they've been showing it all camp. Uh, going up against them been tough, and it's just making us better.
1: Also, the question was posed to him about the carries. Will he get reduced carries in the offense this upcoming year?
3: Uh, it's like a motivating factor for me. Uh, I know it's only one ball on the field, and it's, it's like ten people that want to get the ball, or well, like six or seven people that want to get the ball every play. So. You know, I feel like it's going to motivate me to want to play harder when I don't touch the ball or make me run my route harder, you know, just so I can get open and uh, get the ball from Mitch or get the ball handed off to me, you know. So I feel like it's going to do wonders for our offense.
1: Also, uh, Cohen was talking about how he feels about Nagy's offense overall.
3: I'm very excited. Uh, you know, I, I like to say Coach Nagy is like, a, he was genius. So, you know, he puts me everywhere in the offense. Uh, might be throwing the ball a little bit more this year. Uh, Might be, you know, coaching a little bit. I think he's going to give me a visor. Might, you know, join him on the sidelines some more. So I'm excited to be in his offense.
1: Okay, we'll see what happens. I just know that we look at the receivers and Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and, and Cordell Patterson and others and you just want, you just know that if Trubisky can connect to his receivers and they can extend plays, that that's a positive. But you got to think about the running game also. I still believe in the running game traditionally. Um, we know that it's not going to be the same as it was even 10 years ago with the running game, the way it's being utilized now in the NFL. But, man, Tariq Cohen, when he gets out in space, he can do a lot of special things. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Tariq can do uh, for this football team because I know you know, especially when he was receiving um, kicks, I was like, okay, you know, kind of the, the Devin Hester thing where he goes from side to side and kind of goes backwards. But man, once he goes forward, and once that body is going in the right direction, he, he can do some special things. As we talk about the Bears on Summer of Football with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Well, a couple other notes about the NFL before we hear from Adam Rittenberg, who covers college football for ESPN.com and our Summer of Football So Mike Wells, my friend from Indianapolis, covers the Colts for NFL Nation on ESPN.com. Wrote the piece today. It's one of the top stories on ESPN.com. Colts general manager says that Luck now has a high ankle sprain. Um, And that is Andrew Luck, the quarterback for the Colts. Calf strain has become a high ankle issue. Chris Ballard is the general manager for the Colts. He isn't ready to say what luck status will be for week one against the Chargers. We're about three and a half weeks away from the regular season, so I'm not ready to say. He was talking to reporters um, tonight about that. Ballard said luck most likely will not play in the preseason. Uh, and, And so, and I don't have a problem with that, right? If you have a starter that you believe in and you want to make sure that he's healthy for the first game of the season, second game of the season, that's fine preseason is to get tuned up if luck is not ready for it that's fine but here's the issue as many reporters as many football pundits look at andrew luck i think they're desirous for him to do well and they they're pushing andrew luck out there like oh this guy's going to be the next superstar Th- this is no sports tragedy with luck being down yeah you want him to be healthy But I I find it interesting where there are some that are pushing Andrew Luck to say, "Well, Andrew Luck, he's got to, you know, he's got to be healthy because he could be. We don't know what he can be when he's because he's been he has not been healthy enough to see for a a full amount of games lately to know what what he could be. Um, This is a different injury. Is it an injury that is going to set him back? We don't know, Uh, but I, I know that." When we see some of these quarterback tier lists and he's top five, top seven, top 10, I think that Andrew still has to work through that because he needs to be healthy for a couple of seasons to find out if he can be a perennial top five, top 10 quarterback in this league. You might, in your mind, you might have him at, at 10, but do you know if he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league for the long haul if he's, if he's, not, if he's not healthy? You got to keep our eyes on that and keep our eyes on that story. I know that the Colts fans hold their breath. Every time they hear a story about Andrew Luck and whether or not he's healthy enough to play. So let's, uh, let's, let's work on this and, and keep our eyes on that story because it's, uh, it's compelling. Because without Andrew Luck, what are the Colts? Jonathan Hood for the Summer of Football on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's turn to college football now and talk to my friend Adam Rittenberg, who covers college football for ESPN.com. And he joins me, Jonathan Hood, for Summer of Football here on ESPN 1000. Adam, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
3: Oh,
2: thanks for having me, Jonathan. Good to be with you tonight.
1: Adam, you tell me, what intrigues you most about the upcoming college football season? What's your number one storyline on the top of your head?
2: Well I, I think it's can anybody challenge Alabama and Clemson, their dominance in the sport. I know we've had periods of dynasties or one or two or three teams dominating, but this is uh, you're really unprecedented at least in the last, you know, ten to fifteen years, just these two teams that seem to be separated from everybody else. So can your Georgia Dogs close that gap? Can uh, you know, Oklahoma, which has been in the playoffs the last two seasons but hasn't been able to cut it defensively How much better are they able to get with a new defensive coordinator? What's it? uh, Can can a Big Ten team, uh, you know, be in that mix? Whether it's a Michigan or an Ohio State or somebody else, and then uh, you know, how's Notre Dame? Are they able to to make another you know kind of surprise run for the playoff? Are they going to be a notch or low below notch or two below those teams? So you know, I I just think it's going to be interesting to see if, if we're sitting here in early January talking about the same teams with the same quarterbacks and the same coaches. And the same storylines, or if somebody else enters that mix, because uh, you know a lot of us are, are hoping that there's a little bit more variety in the sport here in the next few years.
1: Well, th- that's a big storyline for me, because as much as people complain about the NBA, you know, now the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship, but there was a lot of Golden State winning, and people, some, got bored with it or thought that there was enough parity in the NBA and they thought it was a problem. Do you foresee that for college football? Do you believe that some fans will not not turn away, but are there are some fans looking for a little bit more variety in their college football?
2: I think they are, and I think it's something that the college football playoffs uh, has to consider going forward. You know, you know, we all talk about the four teams playoff and how long will it stay four teams and when is it going to go to eight teams and you know i I think it's a very exclusive system right now I, i joke that it's more of an invitational than a true playoff system because you have you know different schedule models in conferences you know some play eight conference games some play nine some play up to as many as 11 power five opponents some are playing you know eight or nine um so that's hard to say we all feed into the same system and it's all equal especially when you factor in some of the historical and recruiting advantages that certain schools have. And so um, I, I don't think a four-team system is going to be viable long-term when you cut out large swaths of the country. If a Notre Dame gets in or if two teams from the same conference get in, um, you know you have a lot of the country tuned out. So that's something I think that has to be at least of concern going forward. But on the other hand, uh, you know, this is a sport that's always been dominated by a select group of teams, six to eight teams. And some of those programs have been down, the, the historic great programs like a USC, like a Michigan to a degree, like a Texas. And, you know, th- those teams are all capable, I think, of one day challenging Alabama and Clemson, but uh, they have a, a lot of work ahead of them.
1: Adam Rittenberg covers college football for ESPN.com. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, with a summer of football on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So Michigan has not defeated Ohio State since 2011. So how likely will that change this season between the Buckeyes and the Wolverines now that Coach Day is in place at Ohio State?
2: Right. Well, it does have a feeling for Michigan that if it doesn't happen this season, when is it going to happen? Because there are some you know vulnerabilities or weaknesses that you're know, depending on how you look at it. With Ohio State, you have Ryan Day, as you mentioned, a first-time head coach taking over for a Hall of Famer who, who has won three national championships in, in Urban Meyer. You have a new quarterback, uh, a first-year starter in Justin Fields, very talented player who came from Georgia but had some mixed reviews as far as his performance went in practice. You have a defense that wasn't very good last year, and then you have Michigan, which has the quarterback returning. They obviously have the head coach in Jim Harbaugh. They've made what they believe are some upgrades on offense with a new coordinator in Josh Gaddis coming in from Alabama. They've been one of the better defenses in the country year in and year out, and they get the game at home. So wow, if you can't beat Ohio State, you know, that twenty eleven team they beat, Jonathan, was probably the worst team that you and I will ever see out of Ohio State. So yeah. you know, yeah, Michigan deserves credit for the win, but they need to beat a legitimate Ohio State team and this is probably their best chance to do it.
1: As far as Brian Kelly is concerned, do you think that the Kelly administration is as good or better than you expected? Think about what where Brian Kelly coming into that program, what it was and what it is now. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for the steadiness that they've had. Now, have they won a national championship? No, but it's much, much harder for Notre Dame to win national championships now than it was, you know, in their heyday, you know, back in the you know, in the Newt Rockne era, the Frank Leahy era or even in the 70s, with Eric Parsegian and Dan Devine, or even the Lou, Lou Holtz Championship, it's so much harder for them to win a national championship and to get to that stage. Uh, you know, a couple of times here, um, especially last year, uh, I think uh, you know Brian Kelly deserves credit. And Again, they they you know, fell apart back in 2016. They went four and eight, and it looked like the Kelly may may, may, may be on his way out. But he reshaped the program, brought in some new coordinators. You know, changed his responsibilities as an older head coach, and I think he's doing his job at a much higher level here uh, in the last few years. And so I, I think Notre Dame has a chance to have another excellent season. You know, They have some very challenging road games, three of them, beginning with Georgia. Then they have a game against Michigan, which is unusual mid-season, not early season, but towards kind of towards the end of the season. And then they finish up with Stanford on the road where they don't play well. They haven't played well under Brian Kelly. So uh, th- th- those three games are going to be huge because I-, I do like Notre Dame to win all of its home games.
1: Adam, I talked to uh, Ted Albrecht, the uh, veteran color analyst for the Northwestern Wildcats, a couple weeks ago, right? And so we were talking about the Cats, and he just kind of just kind of interrupted the interview. He goes, can I just tell you about this linebacker, Patty Fisher? He, he called him the next Erlacher. Now I understand he's first team. There's no question that he's going to be a force. But could he be that guy to elevate the the cats in the west?
2: He's a heck of a player. I mean, he, you know, they the NFL, I wrote a piece about this in the spring. The the NCAA does a group of players they bring a group of players to the NFL combine to kind of get them ready for what you know the experience that they'll have next year only 32 players got invited including you know half of Alabama's roster and a lot of Georgia players and kind <laughs> of the <laughs> usual suspects patty fisher was there i talked to about it with him last week at northwestern media day and so that was you know so some strong recognition they don't just give out those invitations to anybody uh, he is a legitimate NFL prospect he's a big guy forces turnovers has been a tackling machine got better every year and you know he, he is one of the top defensive players in the country I don't know if he necessarily has that size speed combination like an Erlacher, but he's got great instincts he's always around the ball I think he leads the nation in career force fumbles entering the season You know, along with Joe Gaziano their defensive end that's one of the better defensive tandems in the Big Ten if not the country and so yeah, I don't think enough people are, are aware of just how good uh Patty Fisher is Pat Fitzgerald, obviously a Hall of Fame linebacker at Northwestern you who know, has talked openly about how you know Patty Fisher may end up being the best linebacker who's ever come through there um you know, you know even though obviously Fitz has a legacy that's hard to challenge at this point.
1: I need your help with the Wildcats because it, it, look, you saw how what they went through last year. Last year, you start 1-3, 0-4 non-conference games, and, and but then they they wheel off and they have you know, they win 7 Big Ten games in 2017. They, they've, they've had some slow starts and then have some really good finishes. But I still believe, Adam, that Nebraska and Wisconsin and I can probably throw Iowa in there as well, could be better on paper, but do you see some kind of rallying point for Northwestern to be atop the West this year.
2: Well, it's definitely a rallying point that people aren't aren't uh, picking them to do anything after winning the, the division last year. I think that the problem with Northwestern is that they never blow anybody out, and they have those ugly losses. and, and Fitz talked about that last week when I asked him about the, the national perception. He said we have to get rid of those losses, or people are never really going to give us a ton of credit for what we do accomplish, which is you know winning all these Big Ten games. They've been outstanding in the division in recent years, they've beaten Iowa, they've beaten Wisconsin, they've beaten Nebraska, even though those teams often look prettier in terms of how they win games. And so at some point they're going to have to uh, be more dynamic on offense. They've been one of the, the nation's worst in big play percentage. That has to change. They've been very good on defense. And the one thing about Northwestern, they get in close games, Jonathan. They know how to win. I don't know if Nebraska does yet. We're going to find out. They haven't been a winning program. Wisconsin knows how to win. Iowa sometimes knows how to win. But I think in terms of a, a team that can get into a, a tough situation, needing to come back, or, or just being in that single-score game, Northwestern wins those way more than you should. And that's something that's just hard to quantify with analytics. It's more uh, a credit to Pat and, and what they've done with their program, that they never panic in those situations, and they come out successful more often than not.
1: So can, can I put the guarantee out there that Nebraska will not start the season 0-6 this year?
2: going to happen. I mean, they, they have <laughs> tremendous potential you know, to, to turn it around. I don't know if it's going to go all the way towards a division title or, or a Big Ten championship, but uh, yeah, they, they, they will start the season a lot better than that. I think the key for them, Jonathan, is just how much better defensively they are because you talk to coaches around the conference, and there's still not a ton of respect for their defensive personnel. But offensively, with Adrian Martinez, it's going to be very exciting to watch what, what, what types of numbers they put up. I'm excited to see them go to Colorado. I think it's week two mm-hmm. and face uh, a pretty good Colorado offense, former rivalry in the Big Eight and the Big 12. That gets renewed a little bit. So I, I think, yeah, the schedule sets up well. They get Ohio State coming in. Their road schedule isn't overly daunting. So uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would expect significant improvement out of Big Red.
1: NIU, by the way, on that schedule for Nebraska as well. NIU comes to Lincoln. Uh, and so that'll be an interesting game again with, uh, with NIU. And by the way, when you really look at the number, look, look at the numbers for NIU, I know a lot of coaches have used that job as kind of a stepping stone job to go someplace else, Dorn and others. But that's a good program over the last decade, is it not? I mean, that's a winning team, and no matter who's coaching it, it just seems like it's on the upswing.
2: Absolutely. You know, and Jerry Kill was the one that sort of turned it around. Joe Novak at first, but then Jerry Kill – then to Dave Doran and then obviously to Rod Carey mm-hmm. and similar to Northwestern, they're not always the prettiest team. They're not always blowing people out, but the number of conference championships that they've won, you certainly stands out. You know, they've been, you know, in many, in many years, the, the, the team of record in the conference. And you know, that's the challenge of Thomas Hammock has and i don't think thomas being an niu guy and this being his dream job he's he's not going to be as as antsy to get out of there as maybe some of the other coaches so i think there's a great opportunity for them to continue the success but there's a there's a high standard and they've set that standard by consistently winning the conference despite some of those coaching changes
1: adam i looked at clemson's uh schedule and i don't see many hiccups also i see some interesting games but i don't see any hiccups for clemson what's the likelihood they run the table
2: yeah, it's pretty high. Um, you know, I think if they had some of these games that were flipped on the road, I mean, you saw their difficulties against A and M last year. Uh, you know, a good but not great A and M team. Uh, they struggled, and Kyle Field came out with the win. Uh, but you know, that game is in Death Valley uh, early in the year. That's going to be uh, a tough, very tough one for for A and think to compete in. You know, at Syracuse, Week Three, you know, jumps out because. Syracuse, for whatever reason, has been the team that's given Clemson the most trouble in their division or even in the entire conference. They lost the game two years ago in the Carrier Dome. They were fortunate to win last year. That was when Kelly Bryant had left the team already and that Trevor Lawrence got hurt in the game, and they found a way to win uh, on their home field just by four points. And so those are two that jumped out to me. You know, The rest of the schedule, it's hard to find (laughs) too many losses. Florida State's at home. They go to NC State, but NC State, is in a little bit of rebuild mode. So I, I would expect to see an undefeated Clemson team returning to the college football playoff, probably behind either the Heisman winner or the Heisman runner-up in Trevor Lawrence.
1: And, and Georgia gets it done the SEC, right?
2: You know, man, it, it, there's some pressure. I mean, right? You know, A couple <laughs> years ago, you know, the, the, the national championship's right there. They don't get it done. The SEC championship you know, had a great opportunity last year against Alabama. They've recruited so well. They've built it right. You know Jake Fromm. There's a great piece on ESPN.com by our colleague David Hale on Jake Fromm, and he said, "Hey, it's on me. If I don't get it done, this is probably his last year before he goes to the NFL. It's kind of going to be on his legacy a little bit." So there, I think there's a, there's a lot of pressure on Georgia with a really talented team on both sides of the ball, especially on the offensive line and other areas, to 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 break through. And it wouldn't surprise either of us if they did that.
1: By the way, lastly, I want to ask you about the the Pac-12. Um, football and basketball, Adam. It it's bad. It, it's really bad. I don't know what Commissioner Scott's going to do to t- turn things around here. Uh, but it's it, I, I found the product at times unwatchable. And then of course they roll out the possible nine a.m. Pacific Time <laughs> starts. That which is also hor- a horrible idea to try to find some footing as far as the college football landscape for people to watch. It's just um, I, do you see light at the end of the tunnel for in, the, in the Pac-12 as far as a, a top team? Is a top 10, top 15 team in the, uh, in the Pac-12?
2: Well, I think it's possible. I think, obviously, the, the huge one is the first week uh, when Auburn and Oregon play in Dallas, a game that I'll be at. It means so much, not just for Oregon, to reestablish itself as either the Pac-12 favorite or a, a maybe a, a dark horse for the college football playoff. But for the entire conference, to win a game like that, you know, Against you know, a good, maybe not the best SEC team or the second best or the third best, but a solid SEC team. So there's a lot riding on that first one if Oregon can get it done. You know, Washington has been very good. Stanford, Utah have been very good. But the team ultimately that needs to be great again is the USC Trojans. I, I don't think any conference needs its bell cow to be great more than the Pac-12 needs USC. There's just too much tradition. There's too much talent. For, for USC not to be at the top of that league almost every year. I spoke to a, a former USC player today uh, who, who was in the NFL for many years, and you just sense that the pride is, is not there as much for that program, and they have to get it back, whether it's with Clay Helton this year or whether it's with a new coach going forward, because um, you know the Pac-12 really needs USC maybe more than the SEC needs Alabama or Georgia, or the Big Ten needs Ohio State or Michigan. That conference needs USC to be great.
1: So, as you just heard here, Adam Rittenberg reporting, Urban Meyer to USC in 2020. There you go. I'm glad you did it, baby. (laughs) I appreciate you saying that. (laughs) No, he didn't say that. But there's a reason why Urban Meyer is going to take a year off and work at Fox because he's going to take a year and then go back into coaching. Because what Urban Meyer does is no way he could stay idle, right? He's going to be at USC. He's going to get another job someplace, I would think, in 2020, right?
2: Yeah, it really does depend on his health. I, I, I think if, if, he, if he can go into a situation and know that he's not going to look and feel like he did last year, I think he'll certainly be um, excited about the possibility. But if, if, if his doctors tell him it's going to be a repeat of last year, I don't know how anyone would want to go through that. He just looked, and, 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 I mean, that wasn't an act. He really was miserable. And, I, you know, as much as he loved to coach again and as competitive as he is, I don't know if he wants to go through that again from a health standpoint.
1: Uh, I won't ask you about your final four because I figure you might talk about it on your Campus Conversation podcast. I'm sure that you will be talking about that on Campus Conversation. If you are a college football fan, download that into your device. a great podcast. that happens every season and, and even in the off season with Campus Conversation. So you, you'll you probably put it there or in a column on ESPN.com at some point, right?
2: Oh, yeah. We'll have playoff predictions and, and all that as we roll up the season. A lot, a lot of coverage coming your way the next few weeks.
1: Alright, so we'll hear Georgia's um, as a top four team uh, from Adam Rittenberg. Look for that on ESPN.com. Well, Adam as always, I, I appreciate it. I'll put a lot of promises out there that's not going to happen for you. <laughs> hey, this is a time to be optimistic.
2: Absolutely, Jonathan. Hey, I always love talking college football with you and look forward to doing that throughout the season.
1: Thank you, my friend. It's Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com with me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We have Tales from the Hood and also an update on with the Cubs and the Phillies that's next right here on UTH I tried to show
0: you listen listening to my mans enough. there Jay Hood yeah Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 I tried to show and the ESPN app yeah gone on you with the pick and roll young and flame here in civil mode what do you got there? this
3: is your car my car I said a 10-second car,
0: not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. uh, Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
3: Here
1: we go. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Tales from the Hood stories of sports. Entertainment, everything else in between. You never know what you'll get from Tales from the Hood is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field as the 25th ranked Northwestern Wildcats, led by Big Ten Coach of the Year Pat Fitzgerald. Host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Tickets on sale now, NUSports.com. NUSports.com. Let's take a look at some of our stories here. Coming up, we'll get a chance to talk about the Cubs as they take on the Philadelphia Phillies. In the city of brotherly love, we'll get a chance to kind of talk about the, what we can expect here for the rest of this road trip, uh, as well as uh, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, all part of the mix in our 9 o'clock hour here on ESPN 1000. Oh, by the way, i tell you about the podcast, the Under the Hood podcast. For those of you that are looking for content, especially you third shifters, right? You're working all night. You need something to listen to. That's how you got me. You got Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. If you have not downloaded the podcast, where have you been? download under the hood with jonathan hood you see the logo you click it you hit that subscribe button and i'm going to tell you everything that you pay for it that's how much it's worth because i mean it's that's the kind of content it is if you click that and you hit subscribe and you're thinking man how much does it cost it's worth that much (laughs) once you hit subscribe you're in so it's uh it's free That's why we want you to check it out. Uh, If you miss a a podcast, if you missed a show, missed some segments, that's why we have it Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000. All right, let's take a look at some of these stories here. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. Naked Florida bicyclist stole underwear from sex shop. Uh, This is in Florida. No surprise, right? A man in Florida was seen pedaling a bike in the nude before swiping underwear from a sex shop. It all happened this past Thursday evening in Wilton Manors in Broward County, where police said that they responded after getting reports from, quote, concerned citizens of a naked man riding down the street on a bicycle. After those initial calls, the man then entered the sex shop where he donned underwear. He took off the shelf and offered to pay for it with his bicycle. The station cited that the report from the police as saying that the man left the shop without paying for the underwear and without the bike. A police news uh, report talked about what happened. The subject left the business continuing to walk up and down Wilton Drive, where he removed the stolen clothing item, again exposing himself. The 38-year-old man was finally put in custody, charged with lewd uh, lewd conduct, refusing to divulge his name. Well, and I'm looking at the picture now. On this uh, picture, I mean, it's just out of his mind, out of his mind, stealing underwear from a sex shop. He must have been in need. Guess he wasn't comfortable what he he had on. What a weirdo! Guess cotton wasn't good enough. He had to go get the the, the eatables or whatever. The eatables. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, there's a man who saved. He says not edibles He said the eatables. The eatables. There you go. There, there there, he is, everybody. Sean Davis I was with being the, sarcastic. No, no, I don't, no, I'm sure. The eatables, everybody. Put that on the poll. Um, how about this one? Uh, Florida woman's first date starts at Denny's, but ends with a high-speed chase after a man she met online flees police after a stop. So a woman's first date went from bad to worse when she was confronted by at armed officers after her companion ran off following a police chase after visiting a Denny's in Florida with a man that she met on a dating website. The woman was a passenger in his car when police tried to pull him over for a minor traffic, traffic uh, violation. Officers tried to stop the car over a tag infringement, but the driver raced away at high speeds before getting out of the vehicle and fleeing the scene about 2 AM in Palm coast on Thursday. The unidentified woman was left to deal with the um, sheriff's deputies uh, who used sticks to disable the vehicle and bring it to a halt. I'm looking at this picture here on the Daily Mail. UK. Authorities say that the same woman who was involved in a separate incident last month, in which another man, she was. Uh, that she jumped in the car with, smashed the windshield, and knocked her unconscious. The man involved in thursday 's case with the officers were driving erratically and over the speed limit so there's a video of all this. An officer could uh, later be asked the woman she says he says he didn't say anything to you other than do you, you don 't have a license and that 's why he took off the couple met on a dating site and had dinner at the Denny's before heading to the woman 's house. Oh my goodness.
0: Hood, I've heard of dining and Dash before, but this is definitely a new one. Date and
1: Dash. Date and Dash. Date and Dash. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, Think they, they about the story that we just told here. Officers tried to pull over the suspect for a tag violation. And then the, the officials in this city said that the man was driving erratically and over the speed limit. And he was halted by police um, and then fled from the car and ran into the woods. And a woman also involved in a separate incident when a man smashed her windshield. So this must be a new thing now. The This smash and grab. You know, Dine and Dash. Really, that's the difference. That's a real difference in Dine and Dash right there, that story. Yeah. What? Is it even worth it anymore, by the way? What, the Dine and Dash thing? No, is it worth even, you know, going on a dating website? Because you don't know what's you don't on the know other side.
0: Get, yeah. Yeah. So how does she feel? She's standing there with the cops. Mm-hmm. The car was rolling. They had to disable the car mm-hmm. with their with the their machine. So she probably was just stuck. Like man, this guy's profile said he was a perfect gentleman. <laughs> Here I am. I'm involved in a date dash, left all alone while he's running through the forest preserve. It's just weird,
1: man. I, I just. Maybe it's just me from a different era. I still believe in, and again, even if you are dating and you're single and you're interested in someone, I I don't believe in the app thing. It doesn't make me old school. It just makes me prefer. I I just prefer to be able to have that one-on-one contact because whatever I say, or however I look, if that's not good enough, then I'll move on to the next person more so than just being lazy. Swipe left, swipe right. This is who I think this is what my profile says but doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly who I am whatever happened to the I meet you someplace we exchange numbers we have long phone conversations to find out how each other if we tick if we we are uh, connected to one another and we can decide from there whether or not there's going to be a second third fourth fifth date you know just like swipe left swipe right oh she looks cute he looks cute let's see what happens makes you think no one has any game anymore well, that's no I think, game. I think the app is for people with really no game. Yeah, I really do. I, I think that because to me, it, it's probably because I enjoy the art of conversation. Maybe that's what it is. You know, especially when I was single, like you love the, the the art of conversation, trying to find out about someone versus looking on an app and just saying, yeah, he might be my type. Yeah, she might be my type. Like, what about just meeting someone at the bar? I mean, does anyone ever pull numbers anymore? You remember that hood?
0: You go up (laughs) to Mendel, hit up a party, and you got to bet with your boys how many of you... I mean, who's going to pull the most numbers that night? No one has that skill set anymore. Give me a pin.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think we've discovered something here. If you just... Clearly, these are just for... It's not even just lazy people as much as it is just... you, You pretend like you don't have time to try to find someone special... You have time. You just don't know the words because you're in an era where it's got to be through electronics. It's got to be through an app versus the art of conversation. I just... I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and by the way, I have always... I've been that wingman for dudes in the past where it's like I've I've become more interesting to the person that that I'm trying to help versus... <laughs> Nothing it better than it.
0: the wingman come up hood. Right. right. Nothing better.
1: <laughs> like, no, you're not supposed to like me, honey. No, no. Yeah. You know, not like this is for my friend. It's like a free meal. But I find you more interesting. <laughs> you're very interesting. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, has anyone seen my North Face? Oh, my God. Um, I see this story here. Jealous guy makes 12 ridiculous rules for girlfriend's night out. Now, here's the thing. If you are a woman and your boyfriend or husband has rules when you go out with your girlfriend, then maybe he shouldn't be with you. Again, once again, if, you are that in, if you're that sensitive about your lady going out with girls and you feel like he's, she's going to meet some other dudes, then uh, maybe you shouldn't be with him. But this is a story from the New York Post. There's a no, I won't go through all 12 of them because of time, but this jealous guy makes 12 ridiculous rules for his girlfriend's night out. If you want a video of, of a room before you sleep to prove no one else is there, you are off to sleep. Now, this is not worded properly, but it's it's pretty much saying you need to send a video of the room that you're, you're sleeping in, the hotel that you're in, so I know that no, no one else is there. Uh, <laughs> if you find time to... Uh, if you find time, call me or FaceTime me, but let me know in advance. Uh, every, even when I'm asleep, text me to tell me things so I can see it in the morning. Uh, always send me photos of of front and back of what you're wearing so I can approve it and say whether or not I think you should wear it. Uh, you let me know everything that happens and be ready to explain stories. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Bruh, that's over the line. It's This lady, uh, her name is Zoe Sh- uh, Schoenfeld. She has... she Now this is a viral post that's been like 34,000 times. She put it up there for everyone to see. She was at a music festival um, with her girls, and this UK knothead, this dude was so jealous, he... I mean, there was 12 rules. I just read like five of them that she put out there for everyone to see. Really? Rule number two was really on some sneak stuff. It probably
0: went over a lot of people's head because I believe you drunk. uh, No, the the one where you said FaceTime me, but let me know in advance. (laughs) Yeah. You're trying to dip off yourself, my brother.
1: Yeah. The old players (laughs) guy.
0: Absolutely. Pulled up (laughs) for the players guy. Yeah. (laughs) FaceTime me, but let me know in advance that you're about to
1: FaceTime me so I can clear the room. Davis, this is just so bizarre. (laughs) This is so bizarre. I'm not saying that I've never seen or had friends that were just like over-the-top jealous or whatever, but not to this extent where you have a list of 12 rules that you have to have that your girlfriend needs to uh, adhere to uh, as she goes out with her, her girlfriends. That's crazy. Crazy. Um... Look after you drink all the time to make sure no one puts something in it. Well, that's good advice, but I don't think it should be a rule. that's common sense.
0: yeah, especially for
1: a young lady. not on the show snowfall that was not the no it sense was not
0: because,
1: <laughs> because the cop apparently spent some time on the show snowfall. if you haven't seen that on FX, it's very good. the uh, the cop there was drugged apparently. um yeah, so um number seven, you can't go in anyone else's room. Okay, so that guy's a loser. Male or female? No one.
3: Uh-huh. Again.
1: Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> so I, to, I mean, just this this player's code that this guy's got. I like how you peeped that fe- that Facetime thing. That was very interesting. Absolutely. Let me. Yeah, you can Facetime it, but let me know it in, in advance so that way the room's clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was player. <laughs> And that, my friends, is Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad that you're with me here. keeping you company until 10 o'clock. Don't forget, we got Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. If you're a wrestling fan, we got something special for you every Tuesday at 930 right here on UTH. Jonathan Hood. Because all we trying to do is do good. Put on
0: my hood when I walk through hoods. On ESPN 1000.
1: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Apple Talk Cups coming up at our 9 o'clock hour. I want to let you know about Illinois Media School. Have you been to the website? It's beonair.com. It's beonair.com for Illinois Media School. Or call this number 630 630- 630 916-1700, 630-916-1700 for Illinois Media School. It's an industry where you can get a chance to meet athletes, TV personalities, bloggers, influencers. Let me tell you something. Illinois Media School is an interactive learning environment where industry veterans come together and you can learn and graduate about and learn about broadcasting, learn about communications, news, sports, Uh, as far as music, so many things you can learn at Illinois Media School as far as the broadcast industry is concerned. Let me tell you this, I looked at the schedule for on-air shows, radio shows for Illinois Media School, it's wide open because there are graduates that have graduated in August, in September. So I looked at the schedule, I'm like, wow, this is a great opportunity for people. If they wanna jump on the air, they can do that in September. Could Matt, Could you imagine being on the air talking about the Bears, talking about your favorite teams? You can do that at Illinois Media School. It's wide open, it shocked me. 630-916-1700, 630-916-1700. Think about it. You don't like your major. You don't like the job that you're in, but you know you want to do something in broadcasting, something in news, something in sports, something in music, learning a different craft. In those eight months, you can graduate and... Financial aid for those who qualify. So, again, beonair.com. Schedule a visit for Illinois Media School in Lombard. Tell them Jonathan Hood sent you. Uh, some thoughts on the Cubs coming up next on UTH. As I combine all the juice from the mind. Heal up, wheel up, bring it back, come rewind.
0: Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.